I was 12, and she was stone white and naked and blonde. She was hazed in the pale cold light pouring in from the frost-shrouded windows of my bedroom. And I remember the dust motes floating in the mid-afternoon sunshine. I remember the luminous living clouds of dust swirling around her great diaphanous wings, which seemed to shudder as she stepped toward the bed. My bed. Hello, Jack. Jack, can you see me? Those wings were white as tissue and seemed as fragile, as if they would break or crack or tear with the nearest motion or gust of wind. And I remember her green-flecked eyes staring at me as she moved across my bedroom, which was filled with books and magazines and 45 RPM records. And I couldn't help myself. I looked at her breasts and at her naturally dark mat of pubic hair. And I was so terrified that I closed my eyes. Open your eyes, Jack. Open your eyes. Look at me. But I couldn't. I couldn't look at her. But that was 40 years ago, that dream. Why do you think you couldn't? Why were you terrified? <laughs> I don't know. I, I wasn't more than 12 years old. I was probably embarrassed or afraid or afraid she'd laugh, afraid I'd come. <laughs> anyway, I don't dream anymore, not since those uh, almost wet dreams of Marilyn Monroe. Just like every other kid of the 1950s, I guess. We've discussed this before, Jack. You still dream. Everyone dreams. Are you sleeping well lately? I sleep okay. Ah, yes, I know. I just don't happen to remember my dreams anymore. So what do you think is wrong with me, doctor? What's your considered diagnosis? I think you might be suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. No, 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 that doesn't fit. That doesn't fit. I know the symptoms of PTSD, and I don't have them. You want the list? Diminished interest in activities. Feelings of detachment from others. Exaggerated startle responses. Sleep disturbances. Okay, so I do have a little trouble sleeping at night, but it's not that bad. Survivor guilt. Memory impairment. Recurrent dreams of a traumatic event. No dreams at all, remember? And trouble concentrating. I put myself through law school. Memorize the uniform commercial code in 50 cases a night. I don't believe you can do that without concentration. If you know all the answers, why do you come here to see me? What do you want to get out of our sessions together? Do you know the story of the psychiatrist and the bear? Jack, are you aware that you are avoiding answering my questions? So, there was this psychiatrist who was wounded in France during the Second World War. He was recuperating in a military hospital in Cornwall and was bored right out of his mind. So, he hypnotized himself and conjured up a great bear to provide some company and comic relief. All he had to do was say, bear, and count to five. And like magic, this huge white polar bear would uh, stroll into the ward, leap around in the aisles, try to screw the nurses, jump on the other patients, or lean against the psychiatrist's bed and allow itself to be petted. 
So the bear kept the psychiatrist company in the mornings and the afternoon. And when the psychiatrist had enough of the bear, all he had to do was count to five, and the bear would disappear. The bear had no weight, made no noise, could somersault in the air, walk on the ceiling, unbutton the nurse's blouses with his claws, remove bras, and dance with any of the variously undressed doctors, nurses, patients, and visitors who were never the wiser. The psychiatrist would also call up the bear at night when he couldn't sleep. But the bear soon began to take on a different, more ominous aspect. It became more aggressive, but not always obey commands. And when it leered, its fangs seemed much longer than they had been during the day. So, the psychiatrist decided to disappear the bear for good. He mumbled, "Bear," counted to five, and figured that was that. But the bear was not so easily dismissed. It appeared the next night, unbidden, and the next day it snapped at the nurses and bit the psychiatrist on the forearm as a warning. Although it left no marks, of course, the psychiatrist was in excruciating pain for hours, and he had to hypnotize himself three times to get rid of it. And even that didn't work. Not entirely. For years after that, the bear would suddenly appear, like a vague, threatening form in the distance, and it would follow the psychiatrist, who developed the disconcerting habit of always looking behind him. I'm not sure where you're going with this. Are you telling me that Marilyn turned into a bear in your dreams? Is that it? Patience, Doc. Patience. After my dad died, that was 11 years ago. Now I was searching through the bedroom closet that he had always locked. I remember, I got lost in the smells of cedar and old clothes. And I can still see everything that was in that drawer. There were old leather key rings and wallets, a lifetime member Playboy card, a stiletto knife that he had taken away from me when I was 13, a taped envelope that contained an old black and white photograph of a dark, buxom woman. Certainly not my mother. She was wearing a skimpy outfit, like she was a belly dancer or something. And there were tuxedo studs and cufflinks. And silver pens and pen knives, playing cards backed with photographs of nude women, white plastic collar stays of varied size, check registers, an old will in a Manila envelope, letters tied with a black ribbon, expired insurance policies, a woman's red silk handkerchief, and my paperback edition of the Fundamentals of Self Hypnosis and Yoga. Its spine was broken, and pages fell out as I held it open in my palm. Dad never told me he'd taken the book, but I remember how keenly I felt the loss of it at the time. But that was only because it was mine, and because it worked. So you hypnotized yourself into believing Marilyn Monroe was coming to see you every night. Not every night. <laughs> Most nights, I guess. Yes. But things didn't work out between you. She turned into a bear. Well, not exactly, but something like that. Yes,、yeah. I still can't sleep at night. I know. Will you walk me through what happened? Will you tell me about how it began with Marilyn? You know the dance, Doc. I floated, fell, drifted, breathed myself into the deepest, most profound state of hypnosis. I imagined that I was rowing a boat on a calm, shallow, infinite sea, and every breath took me farther out upon the placid ocean. Breathing in, breathing out, 
skipping in smooth clockwork motion, each breath out, each breath in, taking me farther, farther into a calm azure place without depth, without horizon. Yet I could feel everything around me, the wool of the blanket itching my neck, the cold smoothness of the pillowcase as I moved my head, the cold chill seeping in through the windows. And I saw her in that instant as I blinked open my eyes and shut them tight again, walking toward me, a look of blonde rapture on her painted full-lipped face. And I waited for her, waited in the dark bosom of my self-directed dream, waited for her to come upon me, slip beside me, touch me, guide me. Jack, Jack, I'm here, Jack. With my eyes closed, first a faint whisper, then stronger. I'm right beside you, Jack. Open your eyes. Look at me. I could feel her walking toward me, past the bookshelves that housed my father's mystery collection, which he'd always kept in my room, past the door that connected to my parents' bedroom, walking under all the mobiles and models that floated just below the ceiling and defied gravity by mere threads. And then she was standing over me, standing beside the bed. I'm right here, Jack. Next to you. I know you can feel me. Standing beside my slippers and sneakers and cordovan dress shoes, and I knew that she was leaning, leaning over me now. I could hear her shallow, patient breathing and the rustling, whispering of her wings. See me, Jack? Touch me. Will you touch me? smell her overly sweet perfume mixed with a more acrid, damp odor. And all I would have to do is take her in my arms. She would fall into my arms like pillows and soft toys and cushions. All I had to do was open my eyes to see her breasts, and I could raise my hands to touch them. I'm floating over you now. I'm above you now. Can you feel me, Jack? Open your eyes. Look at me. Ah, I tried. I had to see her. I'd memorized her from a hundred photographs, the mole above her swelled lips, the eyelashes heavy as cardboard, the eyelids white as chalk, ah, the earrings dangling, everything about her swollen and curved and fleshy and full of promises. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Look at me. terrible instant of realization. I felt everything change. I know it was my own fault, my own stupid, perverse, fucked up nature, but somehow I'd suddenly changed all the rules. Much as I wanted to bring Marilyn's warm body close to my own to enter her and lose everything I hated and instantly gain my manhood, I imagined something else instead. I didn't dare open my eyes for fear of what I would see. Yet I was afraid to keep them closed because I had to see what was looming over me, suffocating me, watching me. 
And I remember the slow motion tossing and turning and shaking as the sea I had drifted too far upon began to rage and rise. And in fact, I was caught between fear and desire. I couldn't tell how long the convulsion lasted. But once I awakened in the morning to the familiar smell of bed sheets and air freshener, I vowed never to hypnotize myself again. You mind if I have a cigarette? Jack, you don't smoke. Do you? I used to smoke. I guess I just forgot. You forgot? Yeah, I forgot. I used to smoke when I... When you were in Nam. Say it. Nam. Are you happy now? Tell me about the monster. What do you mean? The monster that Marilyn turned into. I didn't say she turned into a monster. I didn't know what she turned into. That's what scared the hell out of me. What scared the hell out of you? I didn't know, I guess, that if I opened my eyes, it... Go on, Jack. If you opened your eyes, then what? What would you say? I don't fucking know, okay? I don't fucking know. Maybe whatever I was most afraid of. What would that be? Well, how the fuck should I know? If I fucking knew, I probably wouldn't be afraid. That's what terrifies you, isn't it? That's what keeps you awake, not knowing. Tell me about Nam. Oh, not that again. Humor me. Why? We talk Nam to fucking death, and I'm still back at square one. Your monster is in Nam, Jack. And you were just there when you asked for a cigarette, and when you lapsed back into interjecting fuck into every sentence. That's where you've got to go back to, to get rid of the monster. To exercise it. That's total bullshit, Doc, and fuck you very much. Tell me about Nam. Anything. Even if it seems unimportant. The way you felt, the weather, anything that comes to mind. Getting a good night's sleep comes to mind. Just tell me how to get into that. Talk to me, Jack. Get in any way you can. Ah, shit! All right. What do you want to know about? Anything. Just let your mind wander. Reach back. Relax. And just tell me your thoughts. Okay, 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 okay. I remember freezing my ass off. That would have been uh, January 1969. Dawn. And believe it or not, it was colder than a witch's tit. And we'd been stuffed into a deuce and a half, one of the three trucks that was going out of uh, Fubai down south where the fighting was supposed to be heating up. I remember sitting perfectly still because it was warmer that way. And Joey Montaneo was pushed against me like 4 o'clock on the D train going to Brooklyn. And even in the cold, he smelled like cordite and rotten piss. And that cordite smell should have alerted me that something bad was crawling toward me. Everybody was shivering. And, uh, I'm going to set the fucking record for fucking. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> My Suzette, she ain't going to be able to walk for a month. And then she's going to have to stay right there in my bed waiting for me. <laughs> Suzette, what kind of name's that? <laughs> you dissing my chick, you pimple on a baboon's asshole. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. I, I didn't know oh, she was yeah. for real. She's about the most for real thing i ever seen. Now all of this. <laughs> Motherfucker, now this ain't for me. Amen to that. Hey, Joey, what are you going to do when you get back to the world? I'm going to chew on some good pool club, get a real pastrami sandwich with a real goddamn pickle, and forget I ever knew any of you. I thought you were Italian. Italians don't eat pastrami. That's Jew food. Bite my ass. I don't bite no asses unless they're kosher. And you ain't that, Montanel. Fuck you. Fuck me. Oh, no. 
Fuck you! Billy, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I hate I hate the goddamn cold and the rain and the, the goddamn gooks that look at us like we're the fucking enemy. <laughs> you asshole, we are the fucking enemy. Fuck you and fuck your sisters too. Hey, ain't gonna do shit for you to be screaming at the villages. Hell, I can't even see in all this weather. You really hate them that much? I hate everybody, every fucking body. Your father? Yeah, I guess. Your mother? Probably. Me? <laughs> yeah, especially you. <laughs> you will get over it, man. We're the love generation. Son of a bitch! Stupid driver hit something. God, what the hell was it? Stupid bastards. They're all stupid oh, bastards. Well, I ain't gonna walk that way. I can tell you that. Okay, assholes, out of the truck. Get it out of the road. Unless one of you got a spare transmission packed away in your ditty bag, we're gonna take a little walk. Follow the yellow brick road. Let's go. Let's go. Move it. Shit, nothing ever, ever goes right this piece of shit place. Come on, Joey. We'll hit you right in one of them other trucks. Hey! Hey! Slow down! Give us a lift, you pricks! Hey! Hey, wait! Fuck! Don't you see that? I could have told you that nobody's gonna stop. Nobody stops for nobody. Everybody's out for their own ass. I mean the sergeant! What an asshole! That's not exactly you. Well, you didn't see him? He was riding on that last truck, the motherfucker! We went 20 clicks before we finally bivouacked in a deserted village that wasn't far from the Citadel of Way. It was cold, wet, and dark, and I couldn't stop shivering. Viet Cong could have been all around us for all we could tell, and I didn't care about anything. None of us who'd done the marching copped guard duty. I would have fallen asleep if I had. It was as if someone had pushed a button and all the life just went out of me. Couldn't even eat or relieve myself. I just wrapped myself up in a poncho liner and fell asleep in an empty hooch. There were bits of glass all over the floor that would sometimes catch the light, like little green and yellow and orange and blue gems, the kind sold in hobby stores along with crystals and beads. But I didn't dream about that. I didn't dream about jewels and beads and velvet and cold, empty darkness, just the purple mist. Anyway, we were up at first dawn. Wait a minute. What was that, Jack? Uh, this business about not dreaming about jewels, just purple mist. Don't know, I just... <laughs> yeah, I... I remember. Well, tell me about it. Yeah. It wasn't a dream. Well, maybe it was. It was... Everything would take on a deep purple color. Yeah, I remember something. It's just that color, that deep purple which was more like some kind of a damp mist. It felt thick and ominous and... And what, Jack? Go on. You're close to something. That mist signaled danger. It was the stuff of the world that would get into my sleep. And it would bleed out of the sky and buildings and people just like it would bleed out of myself. So this purple mist came out of you. I don't fucking know where it came out of, but yeah, Doc, I remember the mist. It felt like... Like what, Jack? I don't know. I don't know. Like the stuff of dreams. Then you were dreaming. I guess I was. Then, I, I don't... Go on, Jack. Don't what? I don't know. Let it alone. Let it alone. Maybe I can get back to it. It's like I can remember, and then it it moves out of range or something. It fucks up my head to think about it. Okay, let it be. Go on with your story. <sighs> yeah, okay. 
Our orders were to go the rest of the way on foot because they needed the trucks up north where it was safe. <laughs> and so we watched the deuces drive off, and then we walked right into fucking paradise. That's what it looked like anyway. But before we realized what the fuck was happening, most of us were dead. Man, I'm tired of this shit, man. I need some fucking R&R, some sweet Saigon pussy. Oh, yeah. You get that right, brother. Hey, shut the fuck <laughs> up, Williams. Hey. We were approaching the south bank of the Perfume River. Spread out before us was lush grass and fog, swirling like we were walking on a carpet through clouds. The grass was deep green from all the rain. But there was a metal smell to the air. And then it was like my eyes suddenly clouded over, and I saw the mist. Like I was sleeping. And everything was hazy and edged with purple. And I sensed that this place was wrong. That the purple was about to bleed out from the sky and me and everyone else. And yet, and yet this place was picture perfect, like a postcard. I remember seeing a lone sandpan in the river and an old man riding a bicycle up the avenue that ran along the park. We were walking through a park. I remember breathing in and looking around. And then I saw a flash. Don't worry, I'm gonna get you the fuck out of here. I found the VC tunnel. We'll be safe there till this shit's over and done. Ah, that hurts! I'm beating it in heaven! Oh, God, Bravo! It's gonna be okay, man, but I hate your mama. Just stay with me now. Come on, you gotta help me. You gotta try not to be dead weight here. There, you okay. You're gonna be okay now. It's dark, Joey. Joey, I can't see. You're gonna be fine now, buddy. You're safe. Just relax and then cool out. Are we dead? Are we buried? No, Jack, we're not...
Help me, Mama. No, Jack. It's me, Marilyn. Just lie still. There. Isn't that better? Why are you looking at me like that? So I can help you. There. Can you feel me, Jack? I, I can't breathe. Okay, Jack, that's enough. Come out of it. Jack? Jack? Yeah, Doc. I'm right here. Didn't go anywhere. You seem pretty out of it. I see you haven't lost the knack. What do you mean? You can still hypnotize yourself pretty well. <laughs> Is that what I did? Well, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe. Do you want to continue or uh, call it a day? Aren't we over time? I think this might be important. Oh, we can go until my next patient arrives. All right. Okay. What did you want to talk about? You didn't finish your story. I don't remember. Where did I stop? You thought you were dying. Yeah, well, I fucking was dying. And you saw Marilyn, your angel. Yeah, I guess. Did I tell you that? Yeah, I did. I remember. And you remember anything else? No, I can hardly remember that. <laughs> you asked Marilyn about Joey. Yeah? Do you remember telling me about that? No. You asked Marilyn where Joey was. Your next patient's here. We better call it a day. Where was Joey, Jack? Joey was saving my life, keeping me alive. Was Joey Marilyn? Oh, you're a sick fuck, you know that. You are a sick fuck. You better see to fucking up your next patient. I'll see you next week, Jack. And we'll continue where we left off. Indeed. <laughs> 